0: pray. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your provision. Thank you uh, for this uh, evening and for the peace and freedom that you've given us to meet together to uh, open up your word and to uh, think uh, on eternal matters, uh, to think about and be reminded of your salvation in your son, uh, to grow in the knowledge of you and of him. And I pray that you'd build us up and instruct us uh, that uh, we'd have uh, all our hope and confidence uh, only in you and uh, in your son and I pray that uh, by your spirit that you'd teach us and uh, give us eyes uh, to see and ears to hear uh, to uh, receive and uh, believe uh, your word uh, as uh, the very very words of god and so we thank you for these things and bring your son's name, Amen. Amen. All right. So last time we were uh, beginning to look at uh, Moses' uh, authorship uh, and the, the evidence for uh, him as as mediator, uh, as uh, author, as uh, teacher and deliverer of God's covenant uh, in word uh, to uh, the sons and daughters of of Israel, uh, to the Israelites. And just before getting uh, back into that, uh, there's one thought I want to finish that I I kind of forgot. Uh, We've been talking about uh, Capital R Reformed and like Reformed Presbyterians and such. Um, I had mentioned a a fellow that, a classmate, that I, I really appreciated as kind of using that as just an illustration that, Uh, there are a number of people who consider themselves like Reformed and even more particularly like Reformed Presbyterian uh, who put tremendous value and weight on God's word uh, and who it's even their reflex to go to Scripture uh, when talking about issues. But I also want to mention a trend that I've seen sometimes uh, in some of those circles Uh, and even some professors, not all, from like uh, Westminster Theological Seminary or or others, who I've heard at times uh, at like conventions and such, where their reflex is to go again and again to their confession, to the the Westminster Confession of Faith, sometimes where they don't even go to scripture. Uh, I I remember a discussion between uh, Jason Lyle and, there are a few different people, uh, but there was uh, this uh, Reformed Presbyterian professor and talking about creation uh, and uh, the when and uh, the, the how of creation, you know, a six-day creation and such. And Jason Lyle uh, used to be at uh, Answers in Genesis, and now he's at, uh, I think it's the uh, ICR Institute for Creation Research. I think he's even the director of their program, and he's Where is that? he's he's a brilliant guy. They're in uh, Texas, I think around Dallas, uh, but yeah, I think I think they're in Texas. They're, and they're they're looking to build a uh, kind of a, a discovery center for uh, looking at science and evidence of creation and such. What is exactly but,
1: the definition of the word?
0: Definition of Presbyterian? Well, it goes to like presbyter, uh, presbyteros, uh, along those lines in Greek, that has to do with like elder. Mm -hmm. And so that concerns with sort of uh, their church system that has a a plurality of elders in the local churches, but they also have uh, a higher hierarchy, in uh, uh, presbytery. Presbytery. presbytery.
1: Yep. In consider that a, a false thing or
0: not? Y- yeah, we d- we disagree with uh, a lot of that ecclesiology. Not with uh, plurality of elders in the local church, uh, but uh, they have larger structures and such uh, to uh, that you could appeal to, uh, and so they talk about like sessions and presbyteries and such. You know, like
1: some people are.
0: Mm -hmm. I I think biblically it would take away, I I think you're given the the local church uh, plurality, uh, elders more than one, uh, deacons, you know, those who are gifted uh, in all capacities, teaching, administration, help, comfort, uh, in the body of Christ, and that uh, Christ is head over, over all the, well, the local church, but then the church universal, which is speaking, church means assembly, basically the assembly of the redeemed, and so church universal is everywhere at all times at all places, uh, Christ's assembly, who who he's he's redeemed, uh, but then there's the local church, uh, which uh, sometimes Paul will talk about to the churches in Corinth, and so now there there are local uh, assemblies where people meet. Uh, and biblically, you see that they have uh, a plurality of elders and uh, deacons who uh, serve and minister and such. And uh, I'd argue that you see uh, nothing above that except Christ. You know, the, right. the elders of the church, the body are all under Christ. And if an elder or anyone uh, seeks to establish uh, their own commandments that God hasn't commanded their own prohibitions that God hasn't prohibited, then they're usurping uh, Christ's place as head over the church Uh, and they're making themselves the ultimate authority uh, in which case uh, you can go to scripture and uh, correct um, if they resist. I mean, it eventually shall, you know, if they resist and resist uh, and reject uh, God's authority and Christ's authority, it showed that they're really wolves. Uh, they're they're really false false teachers uh, in the church, uh, and so uh, yeah, Pre- Presbyterianism has has a hierarchy above uh, the uh, the local church, uh, and so uh, where elders and other church leaders meet, and you can uh, can appeal, you know, if you have like a, a problem, but we really see like with church discipline that's handled. Um, in the local church, but not that uh, it's not binding. Uh, it's not just that someone under discipline can just go over to this church elsewhere, uh, because uh, Christ, uh, if it's according to the Word of God, His commandments and prohibitions, uh, it's it's confirmed uh, in heaven. You know, it all it ultimately comes comes from God they uh, there to be given over to Satan. Uh, to be put back into the world, and God then will deal with them providentially uh to if they're actually believers to bring them to repentance or if they're not uh to protect the body uh in christ's honor and glory uh in in the church uh for the purity mm-hmm. and uh safety of of the the body of christ um, anyway I didn't want to get get into, into all that but that's that's a good question you know uh more and more I see that uh, ecclesiology, doctrine, teaching of the church uh, and the, the government, how it's ordered and such, is very important. Uh, it's uh, it's critical. Uh, and A lot of times it's something that maybe we gloss over and I kind of think back to being a younger Christian and starting like reading systematic theology and some things with ecclesiology might be kind of like, oh, you know, maybe that's for the elders or, you know, it seems, you know, uh, but... Uh, the more you learn over time, you know, uh, Christ's body, the the church, it's uh, it's
1: like Bob would say, it's everything, like, oh, you know. I
0: yeah, yeah.
1: Every single person is their own. Uh, um, sovereign.
0: Priest, well, priesthood of of every believer. Yeah, they're not sovereign above Christ. They're not sovereign above.
1: I didn't mean sovereign.
0: Faithful that elders, sense. you know, but in that sense. oh yeah, but but they're responsible for. Uh, rightly handling God's word uh you know and even like issues of calling fellow believers to to repentance and you know when we sin against one another um, you know going going in love uh to your brother uh to bring him to to repentance and such um that we're, we're all called to uh to do that it's like so. a
1: sheepfold yeah yep I mean just to bring it back to mm-hmm kind of organic ruts or
0: whatever you yeah. Well, and sometimes it talks about, uh, you know, it talks about the sheepfold and Christ's sheep and shepherds and under shepherds. Sometimes it talks about uh, Christ's body kind of as a living organism, like a body has many uh, individual parts, but is, is one and unified. You know, sometimes it uses that sort of metaphor for the church and, uh, yeah, and uh, assembly of the redeemed, but uh, th- just the, the illustration I was given. I, I've heard this at, at different points, and it's not—it's not definitely not all uh, Reformed Presbyterians and, and professors and such. But I have heard a number, and so they're having a discussion. And Jason Lyle, here—he's an astrophysicist, and he's—he's—he's he's, uh, he's, uh, absolutely brilliant, but he's also a good Bible student. <laughs> really good uh, Bible student, and uh, his reflex is to go to the word of God, go to the word of God, go to the word of God, uh, and he was actually, uh, I heard from him use the, the illustration of uh, like uh, Jericho, you know, they walk around uh, uh, once uh, for six days, uh, and then uh, and then they go around seven times, you know, on the last day and such. And just showing, like, come on, like in the context, you clearly see. I mean, it's it's a day. You have evenings and mornings, and so, so he's kind of going through that. Uh, but this uh, other fellow, uh, this this professor, and you know, he, he's a professor and a uh, seminary scholar and such, uh, not non-astrophysicist. You know, he's still a good Bible student. He kept going to the Westminster Confession of Faith, Westminster Confession of Faith, Westminster Confession of Faith for for what they were discussing. And it's like, and here he even has a largely like Baptist audience. (laughs) He's like, uh, you know, it'd be one thing to draw on some biblical truth they're teaching and then go to scripture and, you know, or or whatever and show how, how they raise certain points of scripture. But his reflex again and again was to go to the confession, you know, go to the creed, not to scripture. And... In way it came to, you know, there are things where he's trying to say because the Westminster Confession of Faith. Guess what? It teaches that God created in six days, <laughs> uh, and so he's kind of saying, well, it says this, but doesn't quite maybe define this or leaves this open. So he's he's still trying to to fit in, you know, kind of a uh, the room for uh, just billions of years, kind of a secular. Uh, to, co- cosmology do, yeah, into
1: it, same
0: and so, with, uh, science. And so I've, I've heard a number who you know uh, they hold to the Westminster Confession of Faith, and look, we we have a uh, uh, we have things that we confess, you know, on the, on our websites that we say these things are are biblical, you know. Here's the gospel, you know, and we point to Scripture, you know. We we have that like in our church uh, bylaws and such, and so. You know that's part of just teaching, like the Word of God and such. Uh, but here he he holds to the Westminster Confession of Faith, which is a really robust, you know, detailed confession. And there's a lot that's uh, that's phenomenal in it. I mean, there's a lot that's very very biblical, uh, even it's though
1: it's always very simple, though really.
0: Well, you know, some things are well, more difficult really, and harder to understand, as Pete, know, Peter says. What you're to but when it comes to when it comes to like basic when it comes to the basic truths of, you know, what we're to believe, how we're to how we're to be saved, um, you know, uh, those things, uh, God speaks uh, speaks clearly, you know, on matters of salvation. But that's not to say, as Peter says, look, some things in Paul are difficult and hard to understand, <laughs> you know. Uh, it, it takes uh, it takes study, it takes takes diligence, uh, but. And so I've I've heard a number of times kind of this reflex from some uh, reformed Presbyterians and uh, professors and such, where again and again, the reflex is to go to the confession, go to the creed, not scripture. Uh, Scripture is not the first sort of reflex where they go, you know, at least under uh, some and maybe too many uh, circumstances and such. But even in a case where it's like, okay, you know, if, if scripture isn't clear enough when it, when it says about the Sabbath day, you know, you, you shall keep the, the Sabbath day and, uh, uh, you know, uh, make it holy, you know, treat, sanctify it, uh, set it apart, uh, keep it. You shall not do any work. Uh, Four, uh, in six days, God created the heavens, the earth, the seas, and all that are in them and rested on the seventh day. So you're to, you're to do likewise. It's like if that's not clear enough, you know, about uh, God creating in in six days, you know, supernaturally, uh, powerfully, uh, all things, you know, comprehensively. If that's not enough, well, then the confession won't be enough. And sure enough, uh, you find a lot of uh, a lot of uh, reformed uh, pastors and professors and uh, teachers. Uh, many at seminaries, where it's like the Westminster Confession of Faith teaches that God created in six days, and they don't even believe their own confession, you know? And so if, if you won't believe scripture, you won't believe that either. And so I was just talking about this tendency where, you know, there, there are some where I've seen, and then, you know, there are some who uh, are Reformed Baptists, although, you know, there are some Reformed Presbyterians that won't allow the, they don't want the word reform to be used for anyone, but you know, Presbyterian and such. And then they make like historical arguments, but you know, the uh, words, you have to see what they mean in context and such. But uh, James R. White, uh, he you know, uh, he's, he's a reformed Baptist and I'd agree with him on a, <laughs> far more than, than I'd, I'd disagree. You know, I'd disagree with uh, millennialism. As a, a millennialism, but as uh, Eric Dama can can attest, I've said nice things about all millennials, and that there, there are actually things that they get right. You know, there uh, there are a lot of things that that they get right, and sometimes I don't like the word. Uh, I don't care for the word like dispensational, but someone who, who's maybe more uh premillennial or uh, even holds to like a pre-tribulational rapture or or dispensational or whatever. Sometimes, sometimes uh, they can be a bit selective in in the text, in the text that they used, and and end up missing things.
1: Yeah, yeah. A different meaning to you than it did to me when I said
0: it. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. It kind of depends on you know the the context and such. Mm -hmm. Um, And so, you know, there are things that uh, they definitely get right and that they're seeing in Scripture, uh, but I think they have to be selective with other things and that's kind of a challenge for all of us you know to uh, be diligent in god's word and to not just cherry pick or uh, be selective but to deal comprehensively with uh with god's word and you know that's a lifetime of uh study so anyway i just wanted to clarify some of those things because you know at some point it kind of sounded like uh oh, we're kind of beating up on the reform folk even though uh um we, we share, share uh, so much with them and uh, appreciate uh, so much of what God did in the Reformation. And so uh, I've kind of realized more and more uh, where, you know, let's not boast how reformed we are, unless that means reformed by, by the word of God. Uh, and they spoke about like separate, sem, uh, semper reformanda, you know, like always reforming and such. and uh, to always be reforming uh, by by the word of God. And I'm afraid some of the maybe children of the Reformation or who consider themselves, you know, sons or children of the Reformation, uh, some of them, uh, not, not all, but uh, some are maybe looking to define themselves, even though, you know, maybe they, they deny it. But I think in practice, sometimes, uh, they're seeking to define themselves more by uh, particular historical, uh, you know, events uh, with uh, with uh, the the Reformation and sixteenth, seventeenth uh, century and such, and uh, not centrally by uh, the the Word of God, uh, and that's you know uh, we can't lose that as the ultimate authority, and if we do, well, we've also lost you know what uh what the the early reformers uh recognized that we had to go uh back to scripture. Uh scripture is the ultimate authority, you know, the the priesthood of every believer and Yeah, yeah. Uh the word word of Yahweh. And so now uh getting back into uh, our our study, uh we we were looking at really the first year from the Exodus uh and into uh arriving at sinai and just through their first year looking at even all that was said that uh moses was ex- explicitly wrote down uh that he commanded that he taught uh, sometimes that uh by god he had others write down and so we're showing there's some complexity in it where we'll see like ithamar uh the elders uh write things down you know it, uh at Moses like behest uh and under under his like oversight and such, and so whether Moses commands whether he speaks and teaches uh, whether it 's by his mouth or by his hand uh, or uh, he 's commanded to to write down that uh, the word uh ultimately comes from God to his prophet through his prophet to uh to the to the people and so uh, the the teaching uh, through and through uh, is uh, delivered in, in the covenant through through God's uh, mediator. And so, just go to Exodus twenty four uh, where we left off. If you have your uh, Bibles, and we, we had looked at uh, the the first explicit place where uh, Moses was commanded to write anything down uh, was to uh, speak this, uh, speak this uh, in the years of Joshua, You know, speak this to Joshua, and write down, uh, I will utterly blot out uh, Amalek from under heaven, uh, his, uh, the curse against the Amalekites, it was to be a, a remembrance, uh, and that was in uh, Exodus chapter, at the end of uh, chapter 17, might be verse 14. Not sure, but at the end of end of uh, seventeen, okay. however, there were other things before where he's already been teaching and teaching on the the Passover, uh, teaching on uh, the uh, feast of weeks, uh, teaching on circumcision too. that was part of the, they need to be uh, circumcised, uh, coming out like with the exodus, and dedicating their sons and daughters. And you also had the uh, the uh the, the song that they sang uh, that uh, Yahweh had cast a uh, horse and rider into the sea, you know uh, Pharaoh's uh chariots and uh soldiers. He had cast them into the sea. and so uh you you have other things that uh, didn't explicitly say were written down, but we'll see elsewhere. As uh, oftentimes when Moses is teaching, there's writing uh, going going along with that too. And so the first explicit one uh, that we were looking at was with uh, jo- uh, with the Amalekites, um, Joshua going out to fight them. And then uh, the uh, God spoke the ten words, uh, the the ten commandments. Uh, and then uh, the people, uh, you speak to us and we'll listen. You know, like God speak to to you. Uh, to, to Moses and uh, you speak to us and uh, we'll we'll listen because they couldn't bear uh, to hear God speak to them from the flame of fire and lightning and thunder and uh, in thick darkness uh, and so then God spoke through uh, his prophet and mediator uh, Moses and then we are seeing in chapter twenty four where uh, he. Uh, confirms uh, the covenant. Uh, Just look at verse 3. Moses came and told the people all the words of uh, Yahweh and all the rules and all the people answered with one voice and said, All the words that Yahweh has spoken we will do. And Moses wrote down all the words of Yahweh. He rose early in the morning and built an altar at the foot of the mountain in 12 pillars according to the 12 tribes of Israel so he, he also wrote down all the words of uh, Yahweh. And he sent young men of the people of Israel who offered burnt offerings and sacrificed peace offerings of oxen to Yahweh. And Moses took half of the blood and put it in basins and half of the blood he threw against the altar. Then he took the book of the covenant or the scroll of the covenant and read it in the hearing of the people. And so now there's a reading. Of what he wrote down, he he spoke to the people what God had said. He wrote down, and now he uh, he reads from it, uh, the book of the covenant, which is at least at least chapters twenty one through twenty three, uh, and all the instructions could include the the ten commandments. But we see that's put on uh, the tablets of stone. So you have the ten commandments, and then twenty one through twenty three, you have other statutes and teachings that are spoken, but also uh, written down and and, uh, recorded uh, because covenant documents would be uh, recorded for remembrance, for an instruction, for uh, their rulers and teachers uh, under God, their uh, their sovereign, uh, their uh, king. And we'll talk some more about uh, the treaties and such when we get to Deuteronomy. And so uh, Moses, uh, verse 8, uh, took the blood and threw it on the people, and said, Behold, the blood of the covenant uh, that Yahweh has made with you, in accordance with all these words. Then Moses and Aaron, Nadav and Abihu, and seventy of the elders of Israel went up, and they saw the God of Israel. Uh, there was under his feet, as it were, a pavement of sapphire, stone, light, the very heaven for clearness, and he did not lay his hand on the chief men of the people of Israel. And they beheld God and ate and drank. Uh, Yahweh uh said to Moses. So they ratify it. Uh they even have a fellowship with uh with God, uh, with their king. You know, they they have uh they have a, a banquet. Kind of makes you think of the coming uh messianic banquet or the, the banquet of God's anointed king. Yeah. Yeah. Uh and so Uh, Moses rose with his assistant, uh, Joshua, and Moses went up into the mountain of God. And he said to the elders, wait here for us until we return to you. And behold, Aaron and Hur are with you. Whoever has a dispute, let him uh, go to them. Then Moses went up on the mountain and the cloud covered the mountain. Uh, The glory of Yahweh dwelt on Mount Sinai and the cloud covered it six days. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. Now the appearance of the glory of Yahweh was like a devouring fire on the top of the mountain in the sight of the people of Israel. Moses entered the cloud and went up on the mountain. And Moses was on the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. Um, And so now, uh, third month, uh, first day they arrive at Sinai. For the first day, second day, they sanctify themselves for on the third day, God will appear to you and speak. And then uh, on the, the fourth day, uh, they have the uh, sprinkling of, of blood and the, the ratification of the covenant. And he waits six days until the 10th of the third month, uh, which was actually a, a Sabbath. And we'll talk about that more uh, in the future. I've been working on like the chronology of the uh, Torah and the Pentateuch and especially Exodus through, through Deuteronomy. And so you you have a Sabbath on the 10th day, 11th day, uh, first day of the week. He goes up to the mountain and he'll be up there until the fourth month, uh, 21st uh, day, uh, where the uh, the time ends. And so 40 days, uh, 41, Sabbath before he went up on the 10th, went up on the 11th, 40 uh, to uh, fourth month, 21st day. And then the following day, twenty-seven second, it's the 7th day again. So 6 times 7, 42. Uh, he is up there 40 days. So between these two Sabbaths, uh, he's up there. And it's where you have the final instruction. Uh, go to Exodus, let's see, thirty, end of 32. Or let's see, end of thirty-one. And so, here this whole section, and uh, there's this repetition of as he's getting patterns for the tabernacle that I've alluded to before, where it says, uh, "Now God spoke to Moses; He's instructing him concerning the tabernacle." And uh, you you go into that, like in uh, chapter twenty-five, we we had been uh, back in twenty-four. Uh, But then there are uh, six times where you'll say, and God spoke to Moses and said, and it divides it into sections, and it does it around creation, like around the days of creation. Mm -hmm. And so I think you have six and then seven, and it ends with instructions uh, concerning, like uh, uh, sometimes the the men and such, Bezalel, Aholiab, Uh, sometimes it's with like Aaron, and his sons who are to be priests before God, kind of like with the creation of man. But you finally have, uh, after talking about uh, Bezalel and Deholiab, you have instructions on the Sabbath. Uh, So uh, verse uh, 12, 31 verse 12. And here we're also going to see the writing of the, the tablets of stone. And Yahweh said to Moses, you are to speak to the people of Israel and say, Above all, you shall keep my Sabbaths, for this is a sign between me and you throughout your generations, that you may know that I, Yahweh, sanctify you. You shall keep the Sabbath because it is holy for you. Everyone who profanes it shall be put to death. Whoever does any work on it, that soul shall be cut off from among his people. Six days shall work be done, but the seventh day is a Sabbath of solemn rest, Holy to Yahweh. Whoever does any work on the Sabbath day shall be put to death. Therefore, uh, the people of Israel shall keep the Sabbath, observing the Sabbath throughout their generations as a covenant forever. It is a sign forever between me and the people of Israel that in six days Yahweh made heaven and earth, and on the seventh day he rested and was refreshed. So it ends with instructions on the Sabbath. Kind of like following the pattern of, of uh, creation.
1: That's forever.
0: Yeah, fol- following uh, well, following pairing of creation. Here's the sign of the the covenant, uh, the the Sinaitic, uh, covenant that they're to keep. Uh, under the new covenant, we see that Jesus gives an eternal rest, uh, an everlasting uh, rest, like in the the book of uh, Hebrews. Uh, he he talks about. Which you see uh, a fulfillment. All these days of rest and uh, weeks and months and uh, the seven years and forty-nine and fifty the jubilees and such, looking uh, ultimately to to rest for the people, rest from their sins, rest from their toil, rest from their enemies, rest from uh, for the land <laughs> to have uh, peace from from bloodshed and in uh, the work and such. Rest for their their animals and the sojourner and. Uh, there to be a blessing to all nations. And so you see all of this looking for rest, God's rest. You shall do no work. Even on the day of atonement, you shall do no work. Anyone who does work shall be cut off. Just rest and wait for your God. He will you'll get, he will make atonement for you. Shalom. Yeah, yeah. Uh, shalom. Yeah, peace. Yahweh. Um, and so, and he, uh, verse eighteen, and he gave to Moses when he had finished speaking with him on Mount Sinai the two tablets of the testimony, uh, tablets of stone written uh, with uh, the the finger of God. And so God had spoken the words to the people first, and now he wrote on the tablets of stone. Uh, it, it was a divine uh, divine work that he gives to Moses. I think after they're shattered. Okay, now Moses has to, you know, uh, he has to uh, chisel out and such new tablets. But God writes, you know, He writes on it, and you also see that, well, uh, Moses instructs the people, but also the Ten Commandments are also recorded and written in in Scripture. Uh, and three, so,
1: three things: mm-hmm. the declaration, mm-hmm. the writing.
0: When well, God God uh, even speaks to the people, and He speaks through through Moses, as prophet, uh, and you see God writing on on the stones, and uh, you know, and then you also have where it's inscripturated in in scripture, uh, and written written down as uh, scripture, and so not just verbal, and that's it's all. These are examples of special revelation, special in that it's particular. Uh, For a specific occasion, God reveals himself in a specific way, at a specific time, to a specific audience, and so speaking from Sinai to the Israelites, uh, the the theophany, the the, uh, flame of fire and thunder and lightning and earthquake uh, that that they see uh, as a demonstration of God's uh, presence and uh, that he's powerful and active uh, in creation and in their midst, uh, and also you know whether uh, it's it's a, a miracle, a sign or a wonder uh, through the prophets, uh, whether they're speaking to the people or written down and scripturated uh, in in scripture uh, as it's uh, being uh, being uh, written uh, and complete. We have the faith once for all delivered to the. Uh, the saints. Uh, we we proclaim uh, the same word, uh, the same message, uh, and Eric had uh, raised that in uh, Revelation that the testimony of Jesus uh, is the spirit of prophecy. Spirit of prophecy is the testimony of Jesus. Well, the message given uh, from the Father to the Son to his apostles and prophets who give it to the church we have the faith once for all delivered to the saints. We proclaim the same message that they proclaim, uh, the same uh, prophetic word, uh, the same promises uh, that, that they proclaim, that we now have uh, deposited uh, in, the, in the scripture uh, that's been entrusted and given to the church. The, the church is the, uh, the pillar and foundation of the truth. And as James R. White says, uh, what does a pillar and foundation do? It upholds something. It doesn't uh, define uh, what scripture is, and you know its its interpretation, like it's claimed by like the Roman Catholic Church or uh, or by in Mormonism or uh, Islam. Uh, Muhammad, you know, he, he's the ultimate prophet that uh, who his his word is above uh, what came before. Well, scripture in scripture, uh, according to Deuteronomy thirteen eighteen, prophets were to be tested. Uh, Jesus upheld uh the word of God. Uh he didn't come along and say, uh, well, you know, I, I define, you know, I just define what scripture is, and you know, and I'm I'm gonna uh steamroll. No, he upheld it. You know, it's it's the very word of God, and uh, God upholds his word. And he's he's the God man, the uh the the eternal son. And so you have these examples of special revelation, but general revelation is uh, to all people, at all times, at all places. And so, uh, the heavens declare the glory of God. Uh, day by day, they pour forth speech. Even though the psalmist goes on to say, well, you know, they, they don't really speak. You know, it's not, it's not a verbal, like, human uh, language that they're speaking. But the revelation that the creation testifies to all people everywhere, at all times, all places, that God is the creator, uh, that the, the creator is there. And it doesn't matter if you're, uh, you live in a city or you live in a village or you live in the jungle uh, or you're looking through a microscope or, you know, or through the, the Hubble telescope or whatever. All creation, everywhere, at all times, all places, reveals that God exists, uh, basic truths. Uh, that he's he's powerful his his divine nature uh, and handiwork uh, in in creation Uh, and our consciences our consciences testify that we violated his law you know as calloused as as they are and uh, as uh, ineffective as as they often are uh, we haven't even lived up to our own consciences and so that's enough to make people without excuse but you need you need the the scripture and the prophetic word to tell us how we can be saved, uh, and so that's that's the difference between general revelation and special particular revelation. General, you know, it's universal, all times, all places, all people. Uh, and special is particular special place, what, time, people. And what gave us the scripture. Mm-hmm. And God, uh, you know, uh, God. Uh, it, Many times and in many ways, uh, spoke through the prophets. In these last days, he has spoken through a son, or you know, through his through his son. Uh, all
1: experience proves God, but all experience is not
0: God. Well, yeah, of of the just of uh, creation, you know, all I all mean, around us and our our and consciences. Mm-hmm. And so here, you you see it written by the very <laughs> the very finger of God. Uh, God did this gave it to him, to his people his law, his covenant uh, summarized on on the tablets of stone uh, for for their instruction and so you have the uh, 21st uh, which I I have to look again, Uh, I think maybe I have it in my notes let's see Yeah, so the the twenty first looks like you you have the sixth day, and this is the day that Aaron the people come to him. He builds the golden calf, and then he says, "Tomorrow we'll have a feast." Uh, Behold, Israel, your gods, you know, and uh, they even uh, use the word Yahweh, but they actually, in the context, it becomes clear they're talking about gods plural, uh, with the uh, the calves. Uh, and so you 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 have the building of the calves. Sixth day Sabbath they violate the Sabbath right at the beginning of the covenant. As he's bringing the tablets of stone and they had just ratified the covenant, they break it right then and there uh, and violate it. Even the one who's to be there, who's to become their high priest, Aaron. And he talks about that he he will not forgive and wipe out uh, the men who uh, worshiped the, the calf and, and had uh, uh, also uh, had Aaron make it. But the, the calf that Aaron made, he doesn't wipe out Aaron. He, he could have struck him dead right, right there. And it, it would have been perfectly just and right to do so.
1: Aaron was being used to uh, illustrate the break
0: well, yeah, he he broke it, uh, he he violated it right right there. Uh, before before he acted as a priest uh, in God's tabernacle and of Yahweh, he the priest of the golden calves basically, uh, in in making it for the people. And they they come to him, you know, make make us uh, gods. You know, we don't know what happened to this Moses fellow who brought us up from from Egypt. And so
1: it's almost uh, let's just a line could be drawn from. Aaron
0: to uh, Saul, to well, Paul. Well, yeah, I mean, uh, even Moses knew God face-to-face face. after 120 years. He's cut off, he and Aaron, because they didn't, they didn't treat God as holy uh, with the, uh, at the, the waters. Instead of speaking to the rock, he struck it twice. And so 120 years, like the flood generation... Man who knew God face to face. Cut off. He can't, enter. he can't enter into the land. Uh, uh, Joshua, he'll take him in. Uh, Joshua and Caleb, they'll, uh, they'll go in. And so Moses, a uh, believer, you know, God lets him see the land, but he can't enter it. And even uh, Solomon, well, David, a man after God's own heart. And yet he sinned uh, and brought great hardship on his family. On the nation, uh, uh, committing uh, adultery and murder uh, with uh, Bathsheba and uh, having her husband killed. And uh, as D.A. Carson says, he got others involved in it. Uh, not only he, he sinned against God, only against you have I sinned, he says to God, because ultimately, you know, his sin is against God. But uh, he helped make uh Uh, Joab uh, complicit uh, and the people who were complicit in in Uriah's death and got them involved he got Bathsheba involved uh, and uh, sinned against her sinned against her husband uh, against the nation Uh, he brought hardship on his family Uh, and Solomon the wisest man who had ever lived and he falls into idolatry kingdoms divided with his son, Rehoboam. Uh, it's it's divided. And so, man who knew God face to face, Moses, David, man after God's own heart, Solomon, wisest man who had ever lived. In, in Deuteronomy, it talks about how the nation, you know, they'll rule over the nations, they're to be a great nation, they're like a lion, uh, Judah's like a lion, they're, God is like a lion, you know, their king, they're to be a, a righteous nation, Uh the kingdom of priests, a holy nation, and yet in the curses you see you and your king will be cast out of the land. And when these things come up upon you, what? How's there, there to be a blessing to all nations and they and their king are going to be cast out of the land?
1: What? Yahweh
0: has to fulfill it. Yahweh, Yahweh has to fulfill his covenants and, and promises because even believers, I mean, even Even God's most faithful servants, whose spirit was at work, they're still sinners. Uh, And so God has to fulfill his promises. He's the only truly just judge and righteous king. I don't
1: see or remember any instance Mm -hmm. like this with Abraham.
0: With Abraham? Mm -hmm. Well, uh, Abraham uh, lied and said... She's not my wife. She's my sister. <laughs> yeah, Eric.
2: I also was, I was just talking with a uh, um, brother in Christ, and I was trying to explain that the uh, old law is now gone, and now we live in the new covenant, mm-hmm. and the old law is passing away. And I was trying to sh- show him this verse, but
0: yeah, it has covenant. It. Yep.
2: So it says, first of all, uh, right here but now we have been released from the law since we have died to what held us so that we may serve in the new way of the Spirit and not to the old letter of the law. I thought it was pretty clear that Mm -hmm. the new way of the Spirit is talking about the new covenant Mm -hmm. and the old letter is the old Mm -hmm. law. But then he wanted to finish reading the chapter and he pointed out this part. He's like, well, I see you don't know what actually the law is talking about because when he read, um, we're in my interest. Well, it, I'll just read the end verse.
0: Here. What passage are you looking at?
2: Uh, seven, uh, Romans 7, 7, and then that was the next verse. Well, actually, that was Romans 7, 6 that I just read, and then I was going to read the last verse of 7, which is, I thank the Lord. Uh, I thank God through Jesus Christ our Lord, so then with my mind I myself am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh to the law of sin. Mm-hmm. And so, oh, and
0: well, that, there's one of That's that's too big of a a topic. uh, That it's really big, really big topic. But we did classes on Romans 7 that I'll share with you that you'll want to uh, listen to. uh, That hopefully will help uh, unweave uh, some of the uh, the difficulties. That's that's a passage that uh, challenges uh, like many many uh, people. So.
2: yeah. Well, I just thought of uh, from your point of view. So then, at the end verse, there would it be referring to the law as the sinful nature, the law that dwells within me, and I'm then also referring to the spiritual nature, what God renews us with, at the end verse.
0: It seem to switch well, between well, it, law to, it's a, it's a big topic because he, um, he what he's looking at. First, he talks about. Uh, he talks about uh, we in the past. Okay. Yep. You in the past. Uh, under the, the law. Okay. Uh, I in the past. Yep. And then he goes, I in the present, supporting what I just said about I in the past. Uh, yep. And if you work through to the end, and then he gets to his conclusion going into chapter eight, right. you in the past and and we back to it. And so when he's talking about I, he is speaking uh, generally uh, as one who was uh, born a sinner, uh, born uh, under the law, uh, as one who still is a sinner. He's not perfected yet, uh, but still retains sin nature. Um, Paul can identify with uh, his people, identify with sinners, identify with those under the law. And so he speaks generally in. Uh, and it, four, he supports what he just said about I in the past uh, being uh, being uh, under the law, and he even talks about uh, being a slave to sin, uh, which uh, is not the case uh, for uh, believers. Not the the same uh, language that he uses uh, there. Oh, okay. And no. as he goes th- through, he speaks generally and shows that. Uh, that sinners under slavery of sin, under the law, apart from the Spirit, Spirit's found nowhere in that passage, by the way. Absolutely nowhere. Uh, Not until he's the solution. You get back to that at the beginning of 7 and then the the beginning of 8. He gets back into the the solution. And so he's illustrating uh, here... Uh, is uh, as a, a sinner uh, in the flesh, apart from the Spirit, under the law, yep. that can do nothing pleasing to God, uh, that you cannot uh, obey uh, His law uh, whatsoever, um, and that you're 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 a slave, you're a slave uh, to sin, and when He gets into Romans eight. He gets back to the uh, the solution uh, and talks about uh, uh, being uh, freed, uh, and the, the freedom that they have uh, in the Spirit, uh, in Christ, and eventually, people apply it too fast, eventually you get later into eight, okay, you see that there still is this battle with sin. It still has to be put to death. We're not glorified yet, uh, but... Uh, yeah, that's that's a really, really big passage. So uh, we treat that in uh, fair detail. I, I think you'd find those uh, classes that we had uh, helpful. Yeah, so
2: I, I, he instantly drove when I read this one here the law is holy and the
0: commandment is holy and just mm-hmm. and good. And yeah. he said, See, you're just. problem's not with the law. The I problem problem's it. with us. Yeah. In, in, in our... both cool understanding the passage, Yeah. Right?
2: yeah. He's you know. also
0: defending the law, showing, uh, you know, is it, uh, is the law sin? No, uh, the law is holy, righteous, and good. It's it, right. Paul. Paul is sin, or it's the sin dwelling in him. Right. Is the law? Is the law? Um, did the law cause death in me? No, it was sin working through the law. And he goes on to support that. And so, is the law sin? No. Uh, I'm the problem. Law is holy, righteous and good. Uh, did the law cause death in me? No, it was sin in me. It's in, in the problem of indwelling indwelling sin. Right. So.
2: And, and I got that part. I got the first, that starts out talking mm-hmm. about the literal law and the spiritual mm-hmm. law, and then it goes on to talk about how we can't keep the physical, you know, the law mm-hmm. that was written down by Moses because mm-hmm. we have this inward self that's dead mm-hmm. to sinful nature mm-hmm. and then it gets on to say that the law is good and yep. that that's not the problem yeah. it's us that it's yep. the problem.
0: and then it gets down he also you also have to notice you have to follow the therefores and the fors to follow what the main point is being made on uh, so and such his conclusions but he starts by illustrating we under the law under sin yeah. uh in the past and contrast that with the spirit in the present uh and then, so it starts with like, uh, I think it st- starts you in the past illustrating, we in the past, I in the past, I in the past, I in the present supporting what I just said about I in the past. Yeah. And so he's, speak- he's speaking generally. There are no specific like autobiographical uh, details and such. And when he gets through into the conclusion, into eight, it gets back to you in the past and, and, the, and the present salvation we have now with the the Spirit, so
2: you in the past, so you in the past, when he talks about mm-hmm. I am a slave, so then with my mind, I mm-hmm. am a slave to the law of God, but with my flesh
0: mm-hmm.
2: to the law of sin.
0: Mm-hmm. That's because he can identify as one who's been born a sinner,
2: yeah,
0: uh, who still retains a sin nature. Uh, he can identify and speak generally using himself as an illustration. Uh, about what he just said—that it's sin that killed—and and he's also supporting talking about uh, being a, a slave uh, to to sin. sin. So. so
2: when you refers to law of God and law of sin, in the last verse, that's mm-hmm. where
0: I lose it. Oh, he he's talking about where he talks about this internal sin law. He he, he where you have you have you have the the Torah. Uh, the 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 law of God which okay, you know give mental assent yep I recognize it's it's uh it's good it's kind of like the Jew back in uh a strong parallel back in chapter two okay. you know uh you uh yeah. being right. being a jew if if you read through that uh in chapter two they recognize God's law is good right. but he says you know a Jew isn't one who's outwardly but inwardly you know, and circumcision is of the spirit. And so he ends up talking about, uh, sort of metaphorically as a sin being a law. It's kind of like a law unto itself in, in the inner, in the inner man, apart from the, the spirit that rules over us, that dominates us, uh, so that we can't, we can't obey God's, uh, commandments we can't obey and walk you know in his ways we we sin
2: and i was hoping there would be some insight into the greek and some subtle nuance mm-hmm. that, you know that would show more of how it's. i can see mm-hmm. it's quite literal and talking about the law of moses mm-hmm. at the beginning and then yeah. it goes through it all and explains it quite I can follow it mm-hmm. and then at the end like you were just mm-hmm. saying it, it's referring not to the mosaic law but to some sinful nature reigning
0: in my body. Yeah, and you have the two. Sometimes he, he has yeah, the that. one and the the two. And some I kind of speak speak of it as like a principle, you know, yeah. but it's there's a reason he uses the law language because sin dominates us. Right. And some of that I think where there are things that kind of start with Cain and Abel, you know sin is crouching at the door or the opening, its desire is for you, but you must rule you must master it. Sin wants to dominate Cain, uh, it wants to establish its own will. You know, so it's it's kind of personified as kind of a a, a wild beast, you know, uh, that that rules over, dominates Cain. But it's actually an internal battle that's going on in his in his heart.
2: Would you think that would be worth continuing to bring up to a brother? or Is that something that just is a conviction that I should just let
0: him? Oh. Well, I suppose it depends what the, the issue is, but we're out of time, so yeah, we can oh, talk yeah. We can talk a little more about that. Uh, That's good, though. Yeah. help a lot. Yeah. God. Let's awesome. close in prayer. Yeah. Heavenly Father, uh, thank you for your word. Uh, thank you for uh, all that you've revealed and for your holy prophets and apostles and above all, your son. Uh, we, we're grateful that you've uh, spoken clearly and authoritatively uh, and that. Uh, even more that you give us uh, your spirit uh, as a, a blessing and a gift that's given freely uh, because, of, because of your son and his uh, perfect uh, work on the cross and his de- death, burial, and resurrection. Uh, that you open our hearts and minds to uh, receive uh, and to uh, understand uh, the, the wisdom of, of your word. Uh, and uh, the message of the cross and so we uh, thank you for these things and uh, pray that you'd be with us and uh, thank you for our fellow believers and uh, that we can discuss these things and uh, grow in the knowledge of you and uh, of your son together uh, and pray that you'd uh, bless us and bless uh, our local body and uh, all all your church and we pray in your son's name amen